Welcome back to another Purgatory News Online. This is Davis Clarence, bringing you all the news you need. I hope everyone's looking forward to the Holiday Bazaar next weekend. I'm pretty sure all the tables are booked up, but you can check with Kathy Anderson over at the hall if you're still looking to set up. We've got our usual festive fare. Among all the incredible goods, you'll see Wendy's got ready-to-wear pet garments in an assortment of Christmas, Hanukkah, and secular winter themes. Dress your cats up as Mary and Joseph and put on your very own home nativity play. Turn your dog into a four-legged LED menorah with a light-up Hanukkah sweater. Or keep your exotic bird warm and cozy all winter long with a snowman-style puffy coat. The ladies from A Little Sparkle will have a table with all your most coveted holiday accessories. Last year they created a tiny trinket necklace with tiny bottles of gold frankincense and myrrh that every fashion-forward woman in town went wild over. Peg Weintraub has a beautiful woodblock Christmas card. This year it's depicting the park gazebo covered in snow. And uh, Deputy Reggie is dressing like Santa from 12 to 3 both days. Hey, um... Side note, grown-ups, make sure you take your little one to the restroom before you get in line for Reggie. Kids have notoriously problematic bladders, and they don't tolerate long waits or high-adrenaline situations like being grabbed by a bearded stranger. Reggie is a heck of a sport, but he'll have to end early if there's an issue because he only has the one costume. And if we're all honest here, it has never been able to fully recover from previous incidents. So, if you want that classic lap time for the kiddo this year, please make sure they visit him with an empty bladder and an understanding that Santa's magic smells a little bit like old urine and Febreze. The Clover Club Annual Holiday Cookbook is a very popular and highly giftable item at the bazaar. This year, they've decided to bring back a comprehensive collection of sweet and savory pies from the entire back catalog of Clover Club favorites. Obviously, you're going to get a few incredible takes on your classics, your apple, your pumpkin, your cherry, along with a spread of sometimes pies like your strawberry rhubarb, your banana cream, and your chicken pot. But don't skim past a few lost-to-timers in the mix. Chocolate prune pie, summer salad pie, and hot dog surprise. Now, I know you might get stuck on that last one, but what you need to understand here is that summer salad pie is a 1960s nightmare. When Betty Crocker lost her mind and thought Jell-O went with everything. In this case, lemon jello and tomato sauce in a cheddar cheese crust topped with a tuna mayo frosting and served to you in hell. You'll only wish the surprise was a hot dog. Carolers will be on hand throughout the event, filling us with seasonal cheer, and of course you can vote for your favorite non-denominational manger display all Saturday and up until 1 p.m. on Sunday. At 6 p.m. Saturday, they'll also kick off the Jingle Bell Ball. This year, we have everyone's favorite cover band and basement bar regulars, Louis Nunes and the Hughes, playing your favorite bops until 9 p.m. for your dancing pleasure. I've been told that despite Margot's tearful pleas, they have been working hard on a certain Cardi B cover that she will simply never live down. 
The bazaar is free, but the ball is $15 per person. That fee comes with some light snacks, a complimentary dance Polaroid because Marty found a couple of boxes of old film when he was cleaning out the back room over at Technobabble, and an extra ticket to vote on your favorite manger. I do have to say, I think it's going to be hard to beat last year's winning manger. The folks over at the Cakery Bakery built an edible display, including an assortment of baked spectacles. The barnyard animals were carrot cake, and the three wise men were an incredible trio of pumpkin spice, gingerbread, and pistachio cookies. And Mary and Joseph were decadent red velvet, and the baby Jesus was a classic chocolate Swiss roll. I know detractors will say that the sign encouraging spectators to taste and see was disrespectful, perhaps bordering on sacrilege, but I seem to recall a lot of stories about Jesus sharing food, and also, frankly, he was delicious. (laughs) It's like Pastor Kate always says, carve a great room in your heart for joy and decorate it with love and laughter. Then eat it or whatever. I don't know. I'm not too much of a churchgoer, but she tried the wise men and she said they were delectable. This is a reminder that Stella Chen started running her route on holiday time on December 2nd. And she will continue to run on holiday time until January 6th. Stella, of course, drives her minibus on a loop around Purgatory, running our public transportation from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Sunday to Thursday, with a one-hour lunch from 12 to 1 and a half-hour dinner from 4 to 4.30. Her son Mark drives on Fridays and Saturdays. As we move into holiday time, Mark will take over Sundays, and both Saturday and Sunday will shorten to 7 a.m. to 1 p.m., with a half-hour break from 9.30 to 10. Stella takes that extra time off to rest up and help out with the holiday adoption events over at the Animal House. But this year, she's also making room on the schedule for her one-woman bus tour experience. Stellar Days and Stella Nights, Stories from the Road. Every Friday night this December, join an 8 p.m. tour around Purgatory, taking in the seasonal sights and being transported (laughs) by Stella's unique storytelling that weaves together both historical intrigue and personal anecdotes. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll find out what kind of animal once popped up from under one of the benches and stole Stella's lunch. (laughs) And it is not the animal you'd think. Tickets are $8, and reservations are strongly encouraged. Make one today by letting her know at a bus stop near you, or tell her son Mark, who can usually be found pretending to study for his GRE over at the library. Great news from Dave and Rufus. They bought a snowmaker off of eBay, and they've been beta testing it behind the roller rink. That, combined with the solid dusting we had last weekend, has led them to confidently announce this week's opening of what they're calling Snow Venture Park. They've plowed the lot and set the snowmaker to work, creating a sledding mound, as well as a kind of half-pipe that they're inviting any interested parties to come out and try this Saturday from noon to four. Dave and Rufus suggest bringing your own snow tubes, but they will have an assortment of blow-up rafts and boats from the leftover lost and found from Swimmer's Beach. Now, I'm not really sure you can consider those snow safe, but I wouldn't worry. Emergency services will be on hand. So make sure you get over there early because 
Depending on how it goes, this may be your only opportunity to throw caution and your body to the winds. <laughs> Big news from the Purgit family. Benson is back in town after spending the last year backpacking through Europe with his partner Della. For those of you listening outside of Purgatory, Benson is the heir to the Purgit family throne and historically a walking disaster of ill-conceived schemes and personal drama. You'll remember Benson as the catalyst for so many of Purgatory's poor decisions. Lavinia Purgit may have been the one to propose the roller rink, the crypto investments, the two-day 2014 ska festival, but it was her grandnephew Benson who whispered those ideas into her ear. And I've long assumed we were safe from direct interference. Benson, a 28-year-old man living his life like a perennial teenager, has until now shown no interest in purgatory, politically or personally, beyond whatever it can provide him via his family's purse strings. If an 8-year-old wants to roller skate, he gets a rink. And if a 20-year-old wants to spend two days skanking in mud with 300 other horn obsessed ska junkies, we get a poorly organized festival and a lingering weed and stale beer stench permeating the big empty field for the rest of the summer. Honestly, we've made the roller rink our own, and the big empty field grew back more lush and verdant than I'd ever seen. We do our best with what we're handed under duress, and we learn from the mistakes that we are forced to make. But now, Benson is back, and this time he looks ready to settle in. Latimus's house and assets have been passed down, and rather than selling the estate to Lavinia for beer money, as we suspected he might, he and Della have moved in. No updates as of yet as to how this will negatively affect all of us, but stay tuned. And speaking of negatively affecting all of us, let's hear from Polly Dietz with Traffic and Weather. How we doing out there, Polly? I'm currently back behind the roller rink, Davis. I'm watching Rufus and Dave hit a packed snowman with shovels. They're getting the final touches on Snowventure Park, and from my vantage point, boy, is it steep. The hill or the half pipe? Hard to know exactly what I'm looking at here, Davis. If I were forced to label it, I'd say... hill? Though I wouldn't put money on it. Or anything else on the hill. It looks very dangerous. That bad, huh? Well, the guys are pretty adamant that this is still, quote, in process, and they have to go through, quote, a testing phase before this weekend. But I'd say they've got some serious work left to do before opening. Are you saying you don't recommend it? At this point, I couldn't. Morally, legally, heck, even romantically. If you take your date there, you'll wind up breaking up your relationship and your body. So I imagine you'll be skipping the opening. Oh no, it looks fun as hell. I can't wait to get out there. But people will get injured. And by people, I mean me. My body is notoriously frail and aerodynamic. I'm going to pick up incredible speed and follow that up immediately with a visit to emergency services. Why would you do that if you already know you're going to get hurt, Polly? Like I always say, the heart wants what the heart wants. I can't help that I have a need for speed. You have a wife and a child, Polly. Please, don't do anything too crazy. Well, it won't be today anyway. I've got to take Carly to gymnastics in an hour, and you're exactly right. I'm a husband and father first, and adrenaline junkie second. Okay. Incidentally, it's perfect snow-making weather. It's very cold out here, mid-twenties, but sunny and dry, and it's supposed to stay that way till next Tuesday. Wow, nice transition into doing your job. I'm a professional. It's what I do. How about traffic? I have no idea, Davis. I've been here behind the rink watching the process for two hours. Okay, yeah, that seems more like it. Well, thanks for the update, Polly. Hopefully I'll see you at the bazaar. 
I'll be there with bells on. This is Polly Dietz signing off. Thanks, Polly. Of course, that brings us right around to our final announcements. Happy birthday to Sheriff Bud Wilkins. If you're in the Donut Lake neighborhood, keep an eye out for a calico kitty named Rotini. He got out of his catio, and he will try to get into your home. And if he gets in, he will fall asleep in your bathtub. I'm told he's food and bathtub motivated, so if you see him, call the Hansons at 3322 and they'll come get him. Dana over at Biscuits lost her class ring last week, and she's pretty sure that during their bucket promotion, it slipped off into somebody's fried chicken. So folks, check in with your kiddos and let them know there's no such thing as a prize at the bottom of a bucket of chicken. And if they have that ring, you know where it belongs. Also, please note... Kenny Bremen is not a deputy, nor is he affiliated with Emergency Services Department in any way. No deputy is going to try and pull you over in a golf cart. Kenny got himself one of those mountable flashing lights, and he's been pulling people over, asking to see their license and registration to party, which is not a real thing. Sheriff Wilkins is going to give him a call tomorrow and tell him if he keeps it up, Bill's going to tow his cart back into the river. So just ignore him, and things will be back to normal in no time. If you like my news as a podcast, you've got to rate and review and follow or subscribe and also tell a friend. (laughs) That is what Marty tells me. Seems like an awful lot just to get the details about a place he'd never been, but (laughs) it makes Marty incredibly happy, so please do. If you have any information for the news, wave down my truck, pop a note in my porch basket, slide it under the door of the high school radio shed, or email marty at purgatorynewsonline at gmail.com. With all your most important news and information, broadcasting out of the abandoned high school radio shed every odd Wednesday, and reminding you that if it looks like a goose and it walks like a goose, it's Jennifer, the goose, and you're in danger. (laughs) This is Davis Clarence, signing off. This episode was written and recorded by Aaron Olson and edited by Stephen Dion. Polly Dietz was played by Michael Coyne.